I'm Dr. Alicia Armistead, and I'm a chiropractor who specializes in nutrition in New York City and Connecticut for the last 15 years. My wellness center is called Healing Arts, and we truly believe that food is medicine, and with healthy eating and the right nutrition supplement support, the body truly can heal itself. When trying to eat well and take good care of yourself, the last thing you want to do is eat foods that have been proven to lower your immune function and put added stress on your body. Sugar in particular is one of the most toxic things you can put in your body. It is highly processed, has no nutritional value, and actually depletes your body of vitamins and minerals. When your blood sugar is out of balance, it can cause depression, causes you to store sugar as fat instead of using it for energy, causing you to have highs and lows in your energy and mood, and it can even lead to diabetes. Sugar makes you gain weight and feel tired. Eating fat doesn't make you overweight. Sugar does. Eating too much sugar and carbs is the reason why most people are tired all the time as well. Not to mention that sugar zaps the collagen in your skin and dulls your complexion. Nancy Appleton has a great book called Lick the Sugar Habit. And in the book, she gives scientific reference of over 145 different ways that sugar can ruin your health. And Dr. Mark Hyman, author of The Blood Sugar Solution, 10-Day Detox Diet, says being addicted to sugar and flour is not an emotional eating disorder. It is a biological disorder driven by hormones and neurotransmitters that fuel sugar and carb cravings, leading to uncontrolled overeating. It's the reason why nearly 70% of Americans and 40% of kids are overweight. I want you to know that if you do have sugar cravings, it's not necessarily just lack of willpower, why you can't stop. Biochemically, there's reasons why you would keep craving it. Studies confirm a food addict's brain operates similar to a drug addict when they think about eating sugary, fatty foods. As these and other studies emerge, sugar addiction has become a legitimate concerning focus as sugar consumption, particularly high fructose corn syrup, escalates. Dr. Pamela Peake, author of The Hunger Fix, has explained that animal studies have shown that refined sugar is more addictive than cocaine, heroin, or morphine. An animal will choose an Oreo over morphine. Why? Because that cookie has the perfect combination of sugar and fat to hijack the brain's reward center. It's not just the immediate gratification that creates damage. Sugar addiction also sets the stage for future hunger, cravings, and food intolerances. Unfortunately, once you are hooked on sugar, hormonal havoc ensues. High blood sugar elevates insulin, which blocks your hormone leptin. That hormone leptin makes you feel full. And if you don't feel full, then of course you'll overeat. If you are stressed, high levels of cortisol increase your urge for comfort foods as well. High cortisol during sleep increases a hormone that makes you feel hungry, so you're more likely to eat even more sugar the next morning. Most Americans consume up to three pounds of sugar every week. 
It's not always easy to stay away from sugar because it's in all our food. It's added to so many processed foods we eat, not just in what we consider sweets. It's hidden in salad dressings, ketchup, sauces, and so much more. One of the first things we teach at Healing Arts is actually how to read food labels. When we tell patients to stay away from sugar, we want them to read the ingredient list and not look at the nutrition label where it says sugar 4 grams because that's the natural sugar that can be in something. You want to look at where the ingredients are actually listed. And in this ingredient list, food companies have gotten really sneaky about listing the ingredients. So when reading the ingredient list, sugar comes in a variety of names. And so let's go through different names I want you to stay away from when you're trying to avoid sugar. It might be listed as sugar or glucose lactose, sorghum syrup, brown rice syrup, high fructose corn syrup, so anything with syrup, fructose, sorbitol, dextrose, maltose, corn sweetener, brown sugar, cane sugar, erythritol, xylitol, or sucrose. Raised blood sugar levels cause weight gain because they increase the amount of insulin in your bloodstream, and insulin promotes the storage of fat. So when you eat foods high in sugar, you increase fat storage, resulting in rapid weight gain. Being a recovering sugarholic myself, I can speak from experience how difficult it is to get off of sugar. The more sugar you eat, the more your body craves, so just limiting the sugar won't do the trick. You literally have to cut it out completely, cold turkey, to really stop the addictive cycle. The first three days is intense, or at least it was for me. I was moody, extremely tired. The fourth day, I eased up, and the fifth day, I had more energy than I had in years. Even though the result wasn't instantaneous, it was definitely obvious and worth it on the fifth day. My addiction to sugar wasn't a stress reaction, but just a result of the average American diet. Growing up, there had been enough sugar in the house, enough treats, that I was always looking for a dessert after dinner and sometimes in the afternoon as a pick-me-up. So that when I started working with Dr. Yulin and needed to get off of sugar at 16 years old, there was already an addiction that I was unaware of. But it was very empowering also to learn that I had control over my health. My asthma is the reason why I went. And I could change it for the better if I made healthier food and drink choices. And even to this day, I actually still remember the moment I decided to give up soda. It was a very particular moment in my life. And it was actually while I was drinking water after a run and I realized how refreshing and nourishing the water was for me that I could enjoy drinking water. And with that knowledge and observation and actually feeling how nourishing it was in that moment, I knew like, okay, this is what I really want to do. And as you are on your healing journey and you make changes Take the time to observe and see how it really feels to eat something healthy for the body. Take the time to create a different relationship with food using mindfulness and awareness. So much of our eating is done mindlessly. 
we mindlessly choose our food, we mindlessly reach for that sugary something after dinner, we mindlessly overeat, we mindlessly chew our food, or sometimes we don't even chew our food. And so if we really take the time to sit down and really eat and watch how our body reacts to our food, this is where we can take our health back. Now, when I'm talking about sugar here, I'm referring to white table sugar, which used to actually come from the sugar cane plant. But since 2008, sugar also comes from genetically modified beets. It was in that year that farmers throughout the U.S. began planting Monsanto's Roundup Ready sugar beets in a coordinated effort. Nearly all sugar beet producers in the United States switched over to the genetically modified plant at the same time, allowing farmers to apply the Roundup directly to the beets. The unfortunate part of this is that Roundup is an herbicide known to cause cancer and needs to be avoided at all costs. The fact is that any product you buy that says sugar or sucrose may contain this GMO beet sugar unless it is certified organic or labeled as 100% cane sugar. It is scary. Reading labels has now become a science if you really want to know what you're putting into your body. And if white sugar is so bad for you, what about brown sugar? You may be surprised to know that brown sugar is just as unhealthy as white sugar. It's because brown sugar is just white sugar with a little bit of molasses in it. The little nutrition that molasses gives does not balance the lack of nutrition in the white sugar. Brown sugar is either an unrefined or partially refined sugar consisting of sugar crystals with a residue of molasses in it. So it's like one step away from being white sugar. The molasses content, light brown sugar is 3.5% molasses and dark brown sugar is 6.5% molasses. And brown sugar actually can be fake. Some companies actually take refined white sugar and add molasses to it. This is commercial brown sugar and it's done actually in order to control the ratio of molasses into the sugar crystals and it actually helps reduce costs. Brown sugar prepared in this way is often much coarser than real brown sugar and the molasses can easily be separated from the crystals simply by washing it. It'll reveal the white sugar crystals underneath. Where if you were to wash real brown sugar, you'll see that the crystals are off-white due to the molasses that are still inside the crystals. Brown sugar is from the sugar cane plant most of the time because the flavor is generally preferred over beet sugar molasses. Sugar in the raw, turbinado or dromera are raw sugars and are made from crystallized evaporated cane sugar juice that are spun in a centrifuge to remove almost all the molasses. The sugar crystals are large and golden colored. This sugar can be sold as is or then it's sent to the refinery to produce white sugar. So again, it's not healthy. You want to avoid these sugars as well. So when avoiding sugar, you want to avoid sugar, brown sugar, cane sugars, any type of sugar in the raw as well. Now, 200 years ago, the average American ate about two pounds of sugar a year. 
1970, we ate 123 pounds of sugar a year. And today, the average American consumes almost 152 pounds of sugar in one year. That's equal to three pounds, which is six cups of sugar in one week. Now, if you think your blood sugar may be out of balance, here are some signs that I want you to look for. If you crave the sweets or the sugar or even bread products, or if you have fatigue after eating a meal, or you hit that food coma no matter what you eat, or if you get lightheaded if you actually miss a meal, it could be because blood sugar is out of balance. Eating sweets does not relieve the craving for sweets. And you know that you depend on coffee to get yourself going or to get started in the morning. Or if you have difficulty losing weight, these are signs that your blood sugar is out of balance. And if you have any of these symptoms, besides eliminating sugar from your diet to help balance your blood sugar, make sure you are eating enough protein in your diet and are taking enzymes to help with digestion. You may also need to eliminate simple carbs and eat more complex carbs. Also look at your diet and add more healthy fats like olive oil, coconut oil, fish oil, avocado oil. Make sure you have enough fiber in your diet as well. When avoiding sugar in your diet, but you do want something sweet, if patients test well for it, I do allow honey, real maple syrup, stevia, molasses, monk fruit, and coconut sugar. Very rarely do I allow agave because it is a syrup that comes from the cactus plant and by the time it is bottled, it is too highly processed. Anyone with blood sugar issues should stay away from it. Another thing to know is if you have monk fruit, it actually counts as a fruit serving as well. At the most, we do allow a serving of healthy sugar a day as it is listed in our Healing Arts Food Pyramid. And actually, if you haven't seen our food pyramid, you definitely want to take a look. I'll leave a link in the description of this podcast. And so let me take the time to explain these natural sweeteners that are allowed. When it comes to honey, not all honey is made the same. And the honey in the plastic bear is definitely processed. So stay away from that. Instead, try to find honey that is raw and organic. Honey is one of the oldest sweeteners. In Russia, the extremely potent honey from the Siberian bees was given out as a prescription for almost any ailments. In ancient Egypt, honey used to be used for healing wounds, and honey is extremely heat sensitive due to the sheer number of beneficial enzymes and vitamins and minerals. So that's why I like raw honey, because if honey has been processed or heated in any way, it loses most of its benefits. Also, honey that was not properly harvested and made by bees that have been fed sugar instead of naturally collecting pollen from flowers can contribute to the loss of nutrients. And this processed honey is just as bad as sugar. And so raw honey is the best honey. It is alkalining food, actually, that doesn't ferment in the stomach. And in this way, it can be used to counteract acid or indigestion. And when mixed with ginger and lemon, it can help relieve nausea. And honey is actually a great supply for energy if you feel fatigued. 
Raw honey is also good to take for any type of respiratory infections, liver problems, stomach ulcers, digestive issues, constipation, and actually can help boost up the immune system. Manuka honey is the most nutritious of honeys, and I grab the Manuka honey when I do want to boost up my immune system. I have never been able to find Manuka honey raw, but it is worth the hype and the price. It is only made in New Zealand and Australia from European honeybees foraging on the Manuka tree. To be labeled New Zealand Manuka honey, at least 70% of its pollen content should come from the Manuka tree. In 2004, Britain actually licensed the use of medical-grade Manuka honey as a wound dressing. And in New Zealand, they've been studying the antibacterial properties of Manuka honey, and they really see how it can kill every type of bacteria, including MRSA, which to me is like an ultimate antibiotic-resistant superbug. So if it can kill MRSA, it can kill about everything. And for some reason, the antibacterial property is stable and doesn't lose its potency when exposed to dilution, heat, or light, as in other honeys. Manuka honey also comes with numbers on the label. It'll say plus 5, plus 10, plus 15, etc. The higher the number, the more enzymes are in the honey. And unfortunately, the more expensive it is. But trust me, it's worth the price. The higher the number, the more enzymes, so the more medicinal it is. Also made from bees is bee pollen, and it is so full of nutrition, it's labeled as a superfood in my book. It's about 40% protein, and since about half of that is in the form of free amino acids, it is ready to be used directly by the body and can contribute significantly to one's protein needs. So that's why I add a teaspoon every morning to my breakfast smoothie. It interestingly cannot be synthesized in a laboratory. When researchers feed bees man-made pollen, the bees die even though all the known nutrients are present in the lab-produced food. It is important to recognize that one teaspoon of pollen takes a bee working eight hours a day for one month to gather. Pollen is known to improve endurance and vitality, aid in recovery from chronic illness, reduce cravings and addictions, regulate digestion. It helps build new blood and boost the immune system. It is thought to protect against radiation and have anti-cancer qualities as well. And besides it being rich in the protein and the free amino acids, it also is high in B vitamins and folic acid. Besides honey, I do allow minimal amounts of maple syrup. Of course, it has to be the real organic maple syrup and not the corn syrup kind. With antioxidants that support the body's immune system and heart health as well, it actually can be very healthy. It has beneficial vitamins and minerals in it. And maple syrup is a great sugar substitute in lots of different recipes. The conversion of maple syrup versus sugar can vary depending on the recipe, but typically one cup of sugar can be replaced with two-thirds cup of maple syrup. Maple syrup comes in different colors. Maple syrup is classified from light to dark. Extra light is like grade A, grade AA, 
Medium is grade B and amber dark is grade C and D. And it is grade D that you want if you can find it because the darker the syrup, the more significant the vitamins and minerals in it. It also contains antioxidants, phosphorus, calcium, and because of these nutrients, maple syrup actually has a strong anti-inflammatory effect. The phenols in maple syrup actually have had studies done where it can stop colon cancer from growing. And I'm sure if it can help with colon cancer, it can help with other types of cancer, but the research actually hasn't been done yet. If you want to use maple syrup medicinally, add one teaspoon grade D to your diet a day, but do not heat it. It loses some of its medicinal value if it's heated. Other food high in phenols is berries, spices, nuts, green tea, and olive oil. Coconut sugar is made from the sap of the coconut palm tree in a process that is actually very similar to the production of maple syrup. The harvested sap is reduced to a thick syrup and then boiled until it is reduced to the granulated form, similar to that of brown sugar. It has many ways of cooking with it, but my favorite way is to actually bake with it. Coconut sugar does not taste like coconut. I know, it's disappointing to my coconut fans out there, but instead has a unique almost like a caramel flavor. While it's similar to texture to light brown sugar, it isn't quite as wet and doesn't pack down as tight. It also doesn't have the same molasses notes, and so it brings actually like a lighter overall flavor to baked goods. Despite these differences, coconut sugar can be used like white and brown sugar in recipes. Do one cup coconut sugar for one cup white or brown sugar in a recipe. Just like maple syrup, coconut sugar retains a lot more nutrients from the sap of the tree, unlike traditional table sugar that's stripped from its nutrients. Coconut sugar contains zinc, potassium, magnesium, calcium, and actually has fiber in it along with vitamin C and other antioxidants. However, coconut sugar is still very high in fructose, and just like other sweeteners, should be used in moderation. The liver in particular doesn't like fructose. So if you have any liver issues or you know you have high triglycerides, you would not want to eat coconut sugar. Stevia is a very healthy sugar alternative made from green leaves of the stevia plant that is native to South America. Stevia provides zero calories and is one of the healthiest sweeteners for diabetics. While stevia is an excellent substitute for sugar, it's actually extremely sweet, about twice as sweet as sugar. So for any recipe that calls for a cup of sugar, you would only want to use a half a cup of stevia. Just cut the amount in half. And there's stevia in powder or liquid form in supermarkets and health food stores you're likely to find it in the baking good aisle. And actually, there are companies that sell soda sweetened with stevia. Some flavored waters also have stevia, but unfortunately, everything I see comes in aluminum cans, so I actually haven't tried them. I do everything I can to avoid aluminum. 
And unlike the other sweeteners, I feel like stevia can have some aftertaste. But different brands do have different tastes. So you want to experiment and figure out what stevia you like the best. Lily's chocolate is a healthy chocolate that I know is sweetened with stevia and tastes good if you're looking for a chocolate fix. In 2015, you need to know that a study came out that stevia can help kill bacteria that causes Lyme disease. And ever since then, I've been using stevia with success, not only in my Lyme patients, but also with other infections that's going on with patients, including bacterial and fungal infections. It's been great to see the results in my office. It specifically, though, has to be an organic liquid stevia, and it's amazing how it works. Now, we don't use it very often, but blackstrap molasses is another healthy sugar alternative produced by refining raw sugar cane. It's also known as the waste of the cane mills because it's what's pulled out of the white refined sugar, and then it's just left there to be dumped unless they actually bottle it up. It's that thick and dark, sticky syrup-like texture, and it's what's left over, both from producing sugar from cane and from beets. Molasses can come in light and dark, and then the black strap is the darkest and the healthiest. It has the most nutritional value. It actually, interestingly, black strap molasses can stabilize blood sugar levels and helps in digestion. It's an excellent source of calcium and promotes good bone health, and it has some iron in it, so it's a good source of iron for vegans, and it's loaded with magnesium, which helps support the nervous system. Taking one tablespoon of blackstrap molasses a day is what can help replace iron in a vegan's diet. It's not enough, though, if you're already anemic. Unfortunately, blackstrap molasses is hard to use in food because it really is specific only in gingerbread, baked beans, and barbecue sauces. Because it has that distinct taste, you don't want to substitute it in any recipe. But I also wanted to take the time to talk about it if you can find ways to add it into your diet. And I've actually used molasses topically on the skin to treat minor injuries and burns. And of course, you first clean the injured area, and then you apply a thin coat of molasses and cover it with a dry, clean bandage, and it works like magic. If I don't have molasses handy, then I'll use non-toasted sesame seed oil instead. Manuka honey for me is too expensive. I won't use it on burns, even though honey is known to help the heal the skin as well. Our last sweetener is monk fruit. And it's a newer, healthy sugar alternative that also has zero calories like stevia. Monk fruit is also called Lao Hong Ho, is a small green melon that was cultivated for centuries by Buddhist monks, hence its name. This fruit is native to southern China and northern Thailand, and most of the world's monk fruit is still grown in that region. The extract is derived from the monk fruit once it's dried. It has a sweeter flavor, actually, than sugar. Stevia and monk fruit are the only two keto-friendly sugars because they have zero calories. 
I do think though that stevia can be healthier than monk fruit for diabetics because monk fruit still is a fruit and too much fruit can cause a sugar imbalance. So you have to be careful. But its sweetness actually doesn't come from fruit sugar, but instead comes from certain antioxidants called magrocides. And unlike sugar, it actually has been shown to promote weight loss. Monk fruit can be used to sweeten anything, coffee, smoothies, hot cereals, teas, sauces. But because it is so sweet, for every one cup of sugar, I would cut it in half and just do a half a cup of monk fruit. And so use these healthy sweet alternatives in moderation, but play around with it because you'll find ones that you like for certain recipes more than you do others. And it's nice to know the alternatives when you're really trying to stay away from white refined sugar.